I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica. We've made living attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. Welcome to Jurassic World. We have a new attraction. She's bigger than the T-Rex. Probably not a good idea. Everyone, remain calm. Evacuate the island. Ready PG thirteen. <laughs> good morning. It's good to see you here this morning. It began as a dream. That's what uh, Jurassic World and the Jurassic Park franchise is all about. I'm Randy Lanther, by the way. I'm the senior pastor of Church in the Valley, and I serve as the campus pastor at the Diamond Bar campus. So uh, I'm, I'm over there three out of four or five, six weeks of the month. I know there's only four or five, but... Uh, about once a month, Alex and I flip, and he's, he's in Diamond Bar this morning, but it's really good to be here. I always enjoy coming. Um, Jurassic World was, actually Jurassic Park was a dream in the mind of uh, John Hammond. That's where it all started. And we're in this Box Office Wisdom series of messages where we're looking at the themes from the movies of the summer, some of them blockbusters, looks like this one is, it's breaking records. Um, and then we're comparing and contrasting the themes, the ideas in, in the movies to scripture, trying to find out what God has to say about those same things. And we do this because movies are, are the stories of our culture and they contain its values. So it's very important to pick up what's going on. Follow your dream is a major theme that runs through our culture, and it actually gives a lot of direction to our lives, this, this idea that we need to find a dream and follow it. That, that's a very important thought in our culture. And actually, that, that sentiment can be traced back for centuries. Uh, Plato, in the 3rd or 4th century B.C., he said, follow dreams and do not waste time on empty things. Interesting. That idea goes way back there. In the 1800s, Henry David Thoreau said, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you've imagined. In the 1950s, Walt Disney, uh, who makes a lot of money on movies, or his company does, he's not around anymore, but his company does, if you can dream it, you can do it. Always remember that this whole thing started with a dream and a mouse. Now, Elvis, of course, had his own take on this theme in a, in a hit song from 1962 called Follow That Dream. He said, never chase women, chase your dreams, then the women will follow. Now, <laughs> he had a clear goal, <laughs> and he could, you know, shake a little bit, and the women follow. I, I'm not quite sure the women are going to follow me the same way they followed Elvis as he uh, chased his dreams. 
There, there are so many examples of how this theme shows up and flows through our culture in recent dec- decades. I really don't have time to mention them all, but it's all over the Internet. Uh, internet an Internet staple. If you don't build your dreams, someone else will hire you to build theirs. Uh, often you see a meme, something like, follow your dreams, believe in yourself, and don't give up. Uh, There are lines to defend the idea that we need to follow our dreams. If anyone ever tells you your dreams are silly, remember there's some millionaire walking around who invented the pool noodle. (laughs) Who who thought of that? But it's pretty cool. It's it's amazing. One quote says, I'm sick of following my dreams. I'm just going to ask where they're going and hook up with them later. Here's some advice from the Internet that speaks to the need to evaluate your dreams, to stop And think about your dreams before you just follow them. One guy says, I tried to follow my dreams, and now I have multiple restraining orders. (laughs) Eugene Merman, who's a comedian, comedic writer and comedian, some tips for life. Don't be afraid to follow your dreams unless your dreams are stupid. (laughs) The promise tied to this theme, this idea that we need to follow our dreams, is that ultimate meaning is wrapped up in fulfilling our dream. This is where we find meaning. This is what life's all about. We follow our dream, and then when it materializes, it's going to give us what we really need. This is where meaning is found. In this message, what we're going to do is filter this theme through God's perspective that we find in the Scripture. So let's dig into what you find in Scripture about about. Uh, God's perspective on on our dreams. First of all, God God wants us to pursue our dreams with an open hand. This this comes comes through loud and clear. A, a dream that becomes a life pursuit, which is what sort of this theme in the movies is. It's your big life goal. It's really a big giant goal. That's what a dream is. It's a big giant goal. And God is certainly not opposed to big giant goals. He he wants us to have big goals, big dreams. In fact, he wants to include you and I in his big dreams or goals for the world. Once you decide to follow Christ, you aren't deciding to live a small life. Because you connect to the God of the universe, he has big goals that he's trying to to accomplish. And Christ followers live for him. We're here on earth to do his will and to fit into the giant goal of glorifying him. This, this is what God wants from our lives. And we play a role in the giant goal of his redeeming the world to himself. So God's not opposed to giant goals. And what you find is your dream may well fit in with God's giant goals for the earth. But as a Christ follower, you approach it in a certain way. You approach your dream with a specific mindset, particular perspective. And you find this in James 4. James 4, 13 through 16, it says, Come now, you who say, Tomorrow, uh, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will, we will live and do this or that. 
As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Now, this is a very helpful perspective when it comes to filtering this theme that we find in our, our culture. Here's, here's the thing. It's, it's a good thing to have a dream or a great goal in life. But Christ followers need to get confirmation from God before they pursue it. That, that he's into it. Before we dedicate our life to following a dream. What you said when you decided to follow Christ is, God, I'm going to check in with you at the outset, and I'm going to keep checking in with you as I follow this path. I want to make sure that, God, this is what you want. It's if the Lord wills, I'm going to do this or that. The passage gives a perspective that should dominate the thinking of Christ followers as we plan for the future. I need to, first of all, recognize how short my life is. This is what you see in the passage. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So life is short. It's here and then goes away. At my age, heading towards 60, on the other side of 55, heading towards 60, you realize, boy, life goes fast. It, I, I, I've got grandkids now. I, I, you know, and I've got... And they're growing up fast. Just celebrated uh, the oldest four-year-old birthday. Seems like yesterday he was born. This, 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 ha- this is screaming by. I need to preface my planning, the passage tells us, with this. If the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. So there's, there's something we're thinking as we approach our dreams, as we approach our big goals in life. We're living them with an open hand to God. God, I know this is, this is what I want. This is what seems like the path you want me to go on. But I want you, step by step, to show me. I know you're in control, and I trust you with where you're leading and how you're guiding. Would you keep showing me what you want? So the main takeaway from this passage is life is short, so I need to pursue what matters. And what matters is the will of God, what he wants what he's directing, where he's leading us. God's in control. He knows the beginning from the end. And my life will have meaning if I live for him. Whether or not a dream of mine materializes, my life has meaning because of who he is and the one I know and the one I serve. To boast that my plans are going to materialize as pure arrogance. That's what the passage says. So we have to be careful. Proverbs 19 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So here it is. We have ideas. God gave us our mind. He gave us our heart. He gave us our life so that we can think, so that we can plan. So that we, but we plan and we move forward in life with an open hand. Trusting him as the one who's ultimately in control of the outcome. He, he's, he's in charge. He's in control. He's guiding. He's directing. A problem with our dreams is that, especially a, an overriding, overarching, big goal of a dream that we're trying to accomplish with our lives, the problem is it becomes very difficult to separate yourself from your dream. 
And you get, you get wrapped up in it to the point where you lose yourself in the dream. It's very difficult then to separate your significance as a person from accomplishing this big goal, this dream, from seeing it materialize. Very, very difficult. Here, here's a clip from the first movie in the Jurassic franchise. It shows, it's, it's a conversation, some things have gone wrong, you know, that I don't know if you've seen the Jurassic movies or not. Um, they all follow the same track. I don't want to spoil the new one. Um, but he has this dream. He, it, Jurassic Park, the dream where dinosaurs come to life and people can go, like, go to the zoo and visit dinosaurs. It comes to life, but things have begun to go wrong. People have gotten hurt. They've only gotten hurt at this point. And so you see him wrestling with his dream. And I want you to listen to the conversation that goes on between he and one of his um, main scientists in, in the equation. So let, let's watch this. They were all melting. Malcolm's okay for now. I gave him a shot of morphine. Get the children through Jurassic Park than a dinosaur expert. You know the first attraction I ever built when I came down from Scotland? The Flea Circus, Petticoat Lane. Really quite wonderful. I had uh, a wee trapeze and uh, a medica. Um, Carousel. <laughs> and a seesaw. They all move, motorized, of course, but uh, people would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I could see the fleas, mummy, can't you see the fleas? Clown fleas and high wire fleas and fleas on parade. This place. I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. Something that was real. Something that they could see and touch. I mean, not devoid of merit. But you can't think through this one, John. You have to feel it. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Having Nedry was a mistake. That's obvious. We're over-dependent on automation. I can see that now. Now, the next time, everything's correctable. Creation is an act of sheer will. Next time, it'll be flawless. It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion. When we have control again... You never have control. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. But I made a mistake, too. I didn't have enough respect for that power, and it's out now. The only thing that matters now are the people we love. Alan and Lex and Tim. Jumping there out there where people are dying. John Hammond looks like a, uh, could be your grandfather. 
or maybe someone like that. Uh, very gentle, but very arrogant <laughs> in thinking that he can control what's going on in that setting. Hammond's dream destroys lives, and it, it eats him alive, actually, literally. He's not around for the fourth movie. He's not in the fourth one. Um, a dream that doesn't line up with God's goals for you can eat you alive, and it starts from the inside. His dream defines him. Your dream, if it defines you, what do you do if it never materializes? It never comes together. Significance is a deep need. That we have as human beings and, and, and God alone can meet this need. We, we are significant because of his love for us, because of the price that Jesus Christ paid in dying on the cross to forgive our sin. It's it's a love that died so that we could know him and live eternally. I have significance in God. My dreams don't define me. Even if they don't materialize, I'm valuable to him. And if I'll give myself to him, he will accomplish his purpose with my life. Step by step by step as I walk with him. My, My significance and my purpose in life is not wrapped up in dreaming big and reaching for the dream and accomplishing the dream. Well, that may not be bad may not be wrong, depending on the dream and how it fits into what God wants for you. But it's grounded, my significance is grounded in my relationship with God. That's, what's, that's what really matters. Knowing God and doing his will should define us and shape our dreams. If we're, if we're followers of Christ, this is what you find in Scripture. Listen to Jeremiah 9. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. This should be our number one pursuit in life. Understanding God and knowing his ways. Knowing him for who he is and knowing his ways. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. This is what, this is what God delights in. So I want to understand who he is, how he operates, and I want to line up what I'm doing in my life with what he wants done. In this passage, you can see that God is talking to people who have reached a certain level of status. One, one man has wisdom. He's a wise man. We want wisdom. We want to be seen as savvy and wise. Another has might. We want strength to make things happen. Another has wealth. Wealth brings blessing and opportunity, and it's helpful. These pursuits aren't bad, but God is saying they are not the highest priority. They are not the most important thing in any given situation. In any given circumstance, as we walk through our days, the number one priority is knowing God and understanding him. The word boast in this passage is a Hebrew word, halal. It's the root for the English word hallelujah. It means to boast um, or to admire and give something praise and attention. 
We should not be praising or admiring anything except our Creator, our God. We don't make a big deal out of these things. These, these things are helpful. Wisdom, uh, riches, um, might. They're, they're helpful, but we don't make a big deal out of these. We make a big deal out of knowing God and understanding His ways. His ways are full. We're to- told of steadfast love, unfailing love, justice, and righteousness. Our dreams should be brought into focus by God and His ways. As we follow Christ, this is what it means to follow Christ. We allow Him to focus our dreams based on who He is and the way He wants things to, to flow out of our lives. When we decide to follow Christ, we decide to follow God above our personal dreams. We make Jesus Lord, even the Lord of our dreams. He becomes the God who rules in our lives. When we do this, God comes and lives inside of us. When we decide to make Jesus Lord, we accept the price he paid on the cross to grant forgiveness and pardon to us and open the way for us to have a relationship with God. When we accept what he's done and we decide to follow him as Lord, okay, God, I'm... I'm not going to be in charge anymore. I put you in charge. You're in control. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. He gives us new insight into life, people. We, the Bible comes alive, begins to speak to us. We have greater desires for the right things. We have greater power to choose rightly. We have a sense of guidance from God who lives inside. He's guiding us from the inside now. And the Holy Spirit works to guide and direct us in the best way to invest our lives, to give our time and our resources. When we focus on our own goals and our own needs, our calendar has little room for other people. People can become a means to getting what we want. We, we may want status. Maybe they can help us. Advancement at work or in, in whatever, then we, we, if a person can help us, they're important to us. If not, maybe not so important. If we want just to feel good about life, a person can help us do that, then they're important. But as we pursue knowing God above everything else, we know more of who he is and our time makes a shift. What we invest our lives in begins to shift, a major shift, into the things that are important to him. We make a shift as we give God, our time and attention. He becomes important. We, we want to pay attention to him. We do that by getting into scripture, reading it, praying, asking him for help in the moment as we walk through the day, taking time before the day to hear what he has to say to us through the scripture, taking time to lay the day before him. God, would you direct me? Would you help me? Work doesn't trump our time with God. Neither does our financial status or situation. Neither do other people trump our time with God. He's number one. As you get to know him, he leads you to take action. Every day, we begin to serve others where needs are are met. Now, I I am basically, natively, a very selfish person. But when I decided to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit came and lived inside of me, and he motivates me to do the good 
that I see the opportunity to do as I live the day. Now, not I don't I don't always take advantage of that, but I unexplicably, unexplainably, I have this desire to bless the people around me as I connect with the living God. This is what He does. We love others. He loves. All the people he's made in the entire world. And so he takes his people. God takes his people. He lives inside of us and he moves us out to serve, to care for them, just to help a co-worker with a project. Whether it's in your job description or not, you're just out of the kindness of your heart helping them. Making meals when people need them. Helping someone move. Listening. To what's going on in a friend's life. When you've got all kinds of things you could share, you want to let them know about. But they, they need to talk. You're just listening. You're just letting them talk. People don't get in the way of our dreams if we put God as, as the number one. They don't get in the way of our dreams because we realize that they're a major part of God's giant goal of what's going on in the world. What he's trying to accomplish. And, and as we follow him, the people around us become a major part of God's goal for us. Pursuing God's purposes, it connects me with a larger community, a church community. His purpose connects us to a group with the intent of changing the world, letting God use us to change the world. Church is made up of followers of Christ who aim to make him known throughout the earth. That's a big goal. That is a giant goal. That's a big dream that we're all able to be a part of. The Bible promises that God will give you and I specific guidance as well. These are the big things on God's heart. But as I pursue God's purpose, He promises to direct me to take the right steps in life. Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. This verse means He, he, he leads us as we seek His direction and give attention to Him. He, he directs our steps. It's along the path of obedience that God shows us what we ought to be doing. In other words, my future unfolds out of my obedience today. As we aim for God's goals, He will lead us to the right things we should do in life. I'm not going to know how everything's going to work out. None of us can know that. But as you follow God, He's not going to spin you in circles. Because His direction is true. He knows where he is going. He knows where he's taking us and where he wants us to go. And he's going to lead us forward to make the right kind of progress toward the right things, the things that really matter. God also promises that he leads us to into a full life. He's going to lead me if I pursue him as number one. He's going to lead me into a full life. John 10, 10. In this verse, uh, Jesus makes a promise. I have come that they may have life. Speaking of his followers, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In the, the bigger picture in that passage, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about, hey, he's the gate into eternal life. He's the way into eternal life. He describes the kind of life that we can have if we follow him. Life to the full, to the max, to the full. We, we will not have faulty direction as we follow God or empty promises. If I choose to do things God's way with him as number one, life is good. To the extent that I choose that. 
You know, we decide to follow Christ, and then we choose every day. Am I going to go God's way or my way? Am I going to go back, fall back to my own way? As we choose to follow God, life is good. You, you may be here this morning, and you thought you'd be living life to the full right now at this point. But your life feels half full. The glass is only half empty or half full. Um, you have a thirst for something, but you can't quench it. There's something, you know, maybe you have a dream. and it, 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 Maybe you're starting to fulfill it, and you thought the journey on the way to fulfilling the dream would be more exciting than it is, <laughs> or more fulfilling than it is. You have a thirst that you can't get quenched. Maybe your dreams haven't come true. Maybe, maybe you're at the point where they should have been materialized, fulfilled. And it seems doubtful that they're going to. Maybe a certain career, relationship, status in life, or comfort level, whatever it is. Uh, you, you may have reached your dream. You may be here this morning, you've reached your dream. But it doesn't turn out to be the fountain of ultimate meaning that you thought it would be. You thought, boy, this is, if this comes true and materializes, this is going to be great. And it's, and it's done that, but things have happened. It's come together, but... It's just not what you thought it would be. In, in Christ, your significance isn't based on your dreams. You, you can find help from him. You can find significance as you, live, as you move forward in life. The danger for all of us, every person on the face of the earth, is to live a one-dimensional life, a 1D life. I think, I think the... Uh, uh, I was just... Shopping for a TV recently, you know, they're up to 4K. 4K is some, I don't know what it is, it's a fantastic picture. Uh, I, I heard that they're coming out with 8K. I bought something way less than that <laughs> because I know they're going to come up with 16K. I don't know what the denominator is in that. But anyway, the danger for all of us is to live a one-dimensional life because we're so focused on our stuff, our dream, and we're so wrapped up in it that there isn't enough of a dimension in life. I read an article this morning uh, from the New York Post, and it, it's, it's an article about uh, how professional athletes lose everything. Now, th- these are guys who fulfill, they fulfilled their dream. Okay, and they're making millions of dollars. Not only are they able to do and prove that they're men or whatever, you know, uh, or they're extremely talented, uh, whatever it is they were seeking to prove that way, they fulfilled their dream. And this is how the article starts out. You're barely out of your teens, and you have been signed to a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract as a pro, uh, by a pro team. You can expect another 20 or 30 million in endorsement deals and your position to become a brand unto yourself. Uh, another LeBron, Brady, Kobe, Jeter, whoever it is. What's even more credible, incredible, if you were to find yourself in this scenario, you would most likely wind up dead broke, if not bankrupt and homeless by the time you turned 40. Shocking. This is a review of a book that was just written uh, Winning the Money Game, Lessons Learned from the Financial Fouls of Athletes. Uh, and then 
in, in this paragraph, he states the source of the problem for the athletes. There's a lot of fear, Foyle says. Donald Foyle is the author. Guys are vilified. They're waiting to see who goes into the lottery of going broke. Of course, it's not a lottery, a game of chance. Pro athletes go broke due to a constant series of bad decisions. And seemingly no amount of cautionary tales from Tyson to Iverson to Holifield to William the Refrigerator Perry can stop them. So there's the source. There's the, I, I agree with him. It's a series of bad decisions that leads them to bankruptcy. This is true in all of our lives. The decisions that we make, they stack up on one another. If they're not wise, if they're not directed by the God who made us and wants us to experience life to the full, our life begins to crumble. One bad decision after another, it falls apart. If you're here today and you have some big dreams for your life, I think that's great. I'm not here to be the dream squasher. <laughs> oh, wow, how was church today? It was great. Boy, he just squashed all my dreams. You know, he's, he's just... Uh, uh. No, that's not why I'm here. I, I am here to encourage you to instead of... Basing your significance on your dream, I want to motivate you to base your significance in the living God who will lead you to a full life. High definition, whatever number, thousands of Ks, way beyond what we can put on a TV screen, way beyond it. He, he, will, live, he will lead you to live a full life. And he cares so much for you. He loves you so much. That he became a man in the Lord Jesus Christ, died on the cross so that you could know him and begin to understand him. So that he could live in you and I and begin to lead us. We have to choose to give our lives to him. We have to let him be the Lord, the Lord of our dreams. Christ followers sift their goals and their dreams before God and let him take control. That's, that's what it means to follow Christ. For some of us. God may be giving us a calling to a huge goal, and you can see that up front. Maybe it's a certain career. It takes a lot of effort. That's before God, if he leads you there, may God bless your efforts. You can see that up front. This is the way God's wired me, the, the gifting, the abilities he's given me. This seems like a good path. That's the way he leads sometimes. He shows you up front where he's leading you. But others of us, he may be leading step by step, one at a time, one step at a time, over time he leads and he, it unfolds. For all of us, even if you have the dream up front and you can see it and it's crystal clear in your mind's eye, he still leads step by step. We keep taking it before him to get confirmation from him. He is going to lead faithfully into the life that's best for us. So... Here are some practical ways to move forward if you're, if you're thinking about your future, if you have a dream, if you're thinking about a course of action or what to give your life to. Here's how to sift your dreams before God. First of all, ask him to confirm it. Ask him to confirm it. He, he guides through his word. Read the scriptures. Pour over the scripture. Ask him to give insight and help. 
as you continue to get to know him. Secondly, seek advice, seek wise advice. God speaks through wise people, mature followers of his, uh, people who follow Christ for a while. Wise people can see things that you're not able to up front necessarily, that you can't see because you're in the moment. You're wanting the dream so bad you can't see straight. They can see whether things are a good fit for you, whether there's a pitfall or a trap. You don't want to be trapped in the corner by a dream that's going to eat you alive. You, you do not want to be there. You, you, you don't want to let that happen. You need help to see the potential pitfalls. Third, give God time. Give God, give God time to reveal himself, to show you his direction and will, and for the dream to unfold. And then four, if it seems he's leading in a certain direction, get prepared for it. Get ready. Be diligent to do everything you can do to be ready to fulfill the, the goal that God's laid on your heart to fulfill. Moving forward in faith many times shows whether or not God's in something. As we move forward, we take a step and we find out if the doors keep opening. Things unfold over time as we pursue our dreams. As you make plans, consent, continue to ask God to open and close the door of opportunity to you as, as you follow him moving forward. As I wrap up the message, I'd like to ask you, if you would, uh, to take out the connection card uh, in your program and finish completing anything in there that uh, you'd like to complete, any information you haven't had an opportunity to complete. When the offering ushers come around, you can drop the card in the offering basket. I have two next steps primarily that I'd like to ask you to consider this morning. If you have never given your life to Christ, if you've never decided to follow him, accepted what he's done on the cross as payment for your sin to open a way for you to relate to God and made him Lord, even Lord of your dreams, then that's, that's one step you could take. Today, for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and I'll follow him as Lord. Secondly, present, I, my next step today could be to present my dreams to God. And circle one of these. Ask him to confirm it. Maybe you're at that place. Seek wise advice. Maybe that's something you haven't done and you need to do. You, sent, you feel like God's confirmed it, but you want to seek, seek his advice. Maybe you're just at the point where you need to give God time to confirm or not. Uh, and then get better prepared. Maybe you need to get prepared. Be more diligent to do what God has laid on your heart to do. Uh, as the band comes up, I'd like to let you know that um, we have a guest book for those who are first-time guests. Uh, it's called The Reason Why Faith Makes Sense. There's some of the books on the back table, and I understand there's some more outside. If you'd like to pick one of those up, I think you'll find it to be very, very helpful. And uh, before I pray to wrap my message up, I'd like to introduce a special guest this morning, Alexander Ville. Uh, Alexander, would you stand for a moment? Alexander is a friend from Germany. Just wave. <laughs> Parade, Alexander. Yeah. Really glad. I've. You can have a seat, Alex. We. I've been to Germany twice in the last year and visited Alex in his town in Germany, and he's now here. It's it's surreal. It's like he's on my half of the world or whatever, but. Alex is here. He's he's uh, getting in touch. He's a part of uh, 
Connection Student Ministries that we partner with here at Church in the Valley. And he's serving on staff in Braunschweig, Germany. And we're really glad to have you here, Alex. If you'd like to hear more about what he's doing, what he's uh, involved in, and the whole Connection Ministry, he'd be glad to talk to you, I know, uh, after worship. And he also, if you're interested in praying for him longer term, uh, he has some prayer cards you can take with you and you can know more specifically how to pray. You can see him and think, hey, I'm going to pray for Alex Braunschweig. God's really using the Connection Ministry to reach into many lives, people who don't know Christ, and uh, it's a fantastic thing. So glad you're here, Alex. It's really good to have you. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word that speaks to us. We thank you for the truth that uh, you've given, that guides us and directs us. And we pray your blessing, God, on our lives as we set out to follow your help, just take the steps that you've laid on our hearts to take, God. We ask for this help in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.